Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. To special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow and I'm so happy you're here. Now, first things first, if you are experiencing this as an audio visual experience on YouTube, I can promise you a superior audio experience. However, I cannot promise you a superior visual experience because yes, I am the color purple and I am dripping with sweat and the reason for that is I just took a really, really hot and humid run. And here's the thing. There's only so many minutes in the day. And I had planned a run, shower, podcast, go to the office situation today. However, if I actually want my shower to work, then I'm going to have to podcast and then shower because it's going to take a while for this sweat to stop. So... You might just want to start like folding laundry and stop looking at your phone. There will be no visuals today other than this sweaty, sweaty human. There you have it. I could turn the visual off, but then you wouldn't see the real me. And I think it's important for us all to remember that it doesn't have to be perfect. It should just maybe be really, really good. I do have a funny story about that. I'm gonna interrupt myself and tell you the funny story. So I happen to see my friend Mimi quite often in our little town. Like almost every morning, I either see her in the car or if I take a run, she almost is running past me or driving past me. If I stop for a cup of coffee, then I almost always see her at the coffee shop. And two days in a row, she complimented my outfit. And so I was like, Mimi, she's very creative and she is always dressed very cute. And so I was like, Mimi, you need to start grading me for my outfits. Like you could, you know, hold up a sign like A plus or solid A. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious that you didn't say like A, B, or C. You said A plus and solid A as if nothing below a solid A is acceptable. And I was like, well, yeah, it's not acceptable, anything below a solid A. And so she thought that was a good parallel to my personality, <laughs> which I think I agree with. Just asked Griffin, he will definitely say that is true. Okay, moving right along. Today's podcast is gonna be pretty short, but what we are talking about is we are talking about the reason, one reason, there are many, but one reason why I think it is super important for parents to be familiar with the framework of special education law, which is the process. So you might say special education process, but I'm here to tell you that the process is founded in the law. So I am calling this why parents should be familiar with special education law. Okay, and it kind of goes it, it tucked into a story. So this is a a fable or a tale. I think it's a fable, right? It's a story with a lesson, only this one is real. Of course, it is 
altered a lot because I have to protect my client's identity and I have ethical roles as an attorney. This was the first IEP meeting of the, the 2022 to 23 school year. I had my first meeting last week and I had met with my clients and I knew exactly what they wanted. They had a list of one priority and I had a list that included an additional priority. So I'm not gonna tell you what their one request was because I think it could violate confidentiality, but it was a pretty reasonable request. I thought, you know, it was worthy of IEP team discussion. And I thought, you know, that they probably had a pretty good chance of getting what they wanted in that one regard. But I was also recommending an evaluation. Now, it's not uncommon for me to recommend an evaluation when I come in because a lot of times I come in and I'm like, we aren't using this evaluation data to build the IEP. We aren't using this evaluation data to support the child. The evaluation data has identified needs that we aren't addressing. The evaluation has identified areas of support that we haven't included into the IEP. The evaluation has suggested some solutions that don't appear to be in the IEP. There's also times that I look at an IEP and the old evaluation plural evaluations, and I say, oh my gosh, like, we don't have anything about this child. I don't understand. Things aren't lining up, right? So in this particular case, it was a little bit of each of those where I was like, what we have doesn't look to be what's in the IEP. Then also there was this kind of like, things weren't matching up. And so I said to the parents, I think that we should suggest an, an evaluation. And we didn't know timeline-wise if we were looking at IEE or if we were looking at an evaluation. Because you can only, legally, they only have to provide you an IEE if you disagree with a school evaluation and if it's within a year. And so, well, that's what the federal law says. And that's also what my state's law says. And so, but I said, you know, I think we should advocate for your number one and for my number two, which is a, an evaluation. And maybe we have to start with a school evaluation. And they said, fine. So we walk into the meeting and I, I had actually touched base with the leadership at the school prior because my clients have a wonderful relationship with the school and I didn't want it to feel like it was kind of coming out of left field that they had quote unquote lawyered up, right? And so I had touched base with them and said, this is purely, you know, they felt very nervous about the team's decision to do number one, and they would like to go away from this number one situation and maybe change the decision or reevaluate the decision or whatever. And so I am really coming in to kind of like provide client education to them on that and to help them advocate for that. But then also, you know, I think I'd like an evaluation. No, 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 so, stop. Before I met with them, I did not say I'd like an evaluation because I mean, you know, nine times out of 10, you can get an evaluation, right? At least in my experience, it's not hard to get an evaluation. We sit down in the meeting and the school says, you know, why are you here? So the parents give this really beautiful kind of history for why they want their number one priority. And it was great. I didn't have anything to add, but I did say, but you know, we also think that an evaluation might not be a bad idea. It'll help us to kind of re to evaluate that which the parents bring as their main priority. It'll help us with these other very specific reasons that are very specific to the child. And 
they said, well, he's actually due for his triennial evaluation. And I was like, great. So, and somebody interrupts and says, you know, what, when was he evaluated last? What's the date? What did you run? We start running through scores. I had a private evaluation. So I start running through scores on the private evaluation. And so we start talking about how they had not done like one, they had not tested one area prior to this meeting. And so I was like, you know, I think we should test that area the next time because of blah, blah, blah. And finally, after like 12 minutes of, you know, kind of discussing evaluations, they say, well, are we ready to go ahead and do the triennial evaluation planning form? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they look at the client, at my clients, the parents, and they say, are you ready? Well, these people were like, totally blank. Totally, totally blank. And I saw them blank all along. Like I saw them as we're having this discussion, me as their attorney and the school team, and they had no idea what we were talking about. And school says to them, are you ready? Are you ready to participate in this discussion where we as a team plan your child's evaluation? Well, they didn't know that that's what we were even talking about because there are so many acronyms and there are so many words. When have you ever heard the word triennial? <laughs> I hadn't. I've heard perennial because I like to garden. Triennial means every three years and you are supposed to be evaluated. Children in special education need to be reevaluated to determine eligibility, actually, every three years. But the evaluation then helps you to build the IEP. So hang on a second, I say. Let me provide them a little bit of education. So I back up and I say, students in special education need to be evaluated every three years for eligibility, but we take that evaluation data and it helps us build an IEP. So what they're saying is, yes, we can have the evaluation. Remember how I said I wanted an evaluation? Great news. He was due an evaluation anyway. I didn't even have to advocate because his IEP is due to be renewed here in the next few months. And so we need to do an evaluation. And in addition to that, we're going to get a big one because it's the triennial. And so they didn't do this three years ago, and I recommend that they do it now, and blah, 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 blah. And so there's this form. And I hadn't brought that form because I didn't know that he was due for a triennial. I said to the school team, could I please have the form? And they said, because, you know, I'm not connected to a printer there. I, they did have free Wi-Fi, so I had it up on my screen. And they said, sure. So they handed us a form, and I went through the form with them. And I said, so here are the areas of evaluation, and here's what was done in, in the past. And so, I mean, this took 90 seconds, 90 seconds. And then we went through the form. Do you know how much more informed they felt? because they had seen that form, they had gone through that form, they understood the form. Otherwise, they would have had no idea what they were agreeing to, no idea what the discussion is. I think the area of need that I wanted to have evaluated, which was horrendously important, probably would not have gotten evaluated. And the parents felt like a part of the team because somebody, me, I, had explained 
the law to them. I had explained special education process. You are evaluated every three years. It determines eligibility. It also helps to determine your IEP. Well, guess what's in the IEP? That thing that they want, their number one priority. And so the thing that the school was not going to evaluate, let's say it was OT, it wasn't, but let's say it was like a fine motor OT thing. And maybe they wanted, I don't know, this is a bad example. Maybe they wanted OT on the, on the IEP. And, and school said, well, we aren't going to evaluate OT. That was, that was how significant the parallel was. Because I stopped the meeting and I gave them information about special education process, which is founded in the law. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. And then the school team said, well, so because we're doing the evaluation, should we really look at your number one priority now? Or should we hurry up the evaluation, not hurry up in a bad way, but should we do the evaluation? Should we come back in six to eight weeks? And should we develop a new IEP and also look at your priority, which was part of the IEP? Well, of course that makes sense, right? But if they didn't know that that made sense, they would have thought the school was railroading them. They would have thought the school was like, well, we don't wanna address your issue right now because we are gonna wait six weeks. All they would have heard is, we're gonna wait six to eight weeks. And instead they were like, oh good, now we're gonna have an even more informed decision. And they really felt like they helped to make that decision. They really felt empowered as a part of the team. And the way I know that is because we walked out and the mom said, this is the first meeting I haven't left crying. Now, remember, they have an excellent relationship with their IEP team. And the mom said, this is the first meeting where I haven't left crying. Wow. They do. They have a wonderful relationship with their general education teachers, their special education teachers, all of their related service professionals, the administrators. Sorry, the heat got to me. I needed a drink of water but they still leave meetings crying. Why? Because they don't know what the heck is happening in them. It is so vitally important to know what's going on because you know what it gives you? Confidence. Confidence. And as I thought, I got in my car and I had this epiphany. I didn't have confidence. When I was advocating for Jack in preschool, I didn't have confidence. I had helped people through the special education process. Minimally, a little bit, every so often, I had special ed cases. I didn't even feel comfortable charging for them, but I had never done a preschool case. And I didn't really know what he was entitled to. I hadn't even read the regs. I didn't really know, and I didn't have confidence. And I, Ashley Barlow, do not like to lack confidence. That is a very uncomfortable feeling for me. It's a very foreign feeling for me. I like to feel confident. And so what did I do? I went and I learned. I went and I learned. I bought all of the books. I, you've probably heard me say this before, but I knocked on the bookstore door. I knocked on the table at three local bookstores here in greater Cincinnati. And I said, may I please have all of your textbooks on special education law? And it was very hard to get. That was my first piece of advocacy <laughs> was getting the books. They only want to give them to students. I got the books and I read and I read and I read and I started going to trainings and I started meeting people and I developed a network and I became more and more confident with everything I read. That 
is how important I think it is to know the law and to know the process because it gives you confidence. Now, I did not intend for this to be a commercial for my video training course. I promise this whole thing was not about that, but I do have a solution available to you only because I am so passionate about this. It feels a little slimy to be like, and so you should buy the lab, but the lab is there as a resource for you. It is priced so reasonably that it doesn't feel slimy because I don't make a whole lot of money off of the lab. The lab is available on my website, the Special Education and Advocacy Lab. It is a 10 video series. And what the 10 videos do is they walk you start to finish through special education. We even end at due process so that you know where you don't want to be. So, but we started that evaluation, eligibility, development of the IEP, and we walk all the way through the parts of the IEP, a whole thing on goals. We talk about how the IEP should actually look, like implementation of the IEP, and then the annual reviews. And we take advocacy lessons, and we plug them into the entire thing. So if you feel like you need confidence, if you feel like knowing the framework of the law would be helpful, and if you learn well through video courses, I personally do not. I learn way better by reading. I read and I outline, I read and I outline. Actually, over my, over my shoulder right there are some books about special education process, like special education teaching methods, because that's something that I have read. I just pulled those books last week for a meeting. So, Reading works for some people, videos work for other, but if you are interested, that's over on the lab and it's really reasonably priced because I just want to help people. I want for you to feel empowered by that knowledge. So I hope that you feel ready to start to dive in and get to know the process and the law. I will see you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week.